The time of day that you train is something that most people have never taken into consideration. Rather, it's simply been a function of when you have time, which absolutely makes the most sense. However, recent research points to an optimal time to train that can boost performance, slightly increase strength gains, and significantly increase the rate of muscle growth. But despite what the research says, does that mean it's going to be the best time for you? That's what we're discussing on this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you'll hear the real-world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master, their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. What up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. In this episode, we are talking about the best time of day to train. And while that seems like a seemingly simple topic, uh, I believe it can be made relatively complex by virtue of all of the different opinions in the industry and all of the different nuances of, of why people suggest you should, tra- you should train at these given times. You know, it's best to train in the morning, fasted for faster fat loss. It's best to train in the evening uh, for better strength and muscle growth. Um, and so on and so forth. And so with that is I think there's a lot of opinion and there's a lot of questions as to when really is the ideal time. So what I wanna do in this episode very briefly is I wanna talk about what the science actually says about what actually is the optimal time to train for what we know, you know, just in terms of what we know from the, the limited scientific studies that there have been and if and how this actually applies to you. Now, if you're watching this, if you are listening to this, in all likelihood, you are probably a um, relatively new uh, person to training. You probably don't have a ton of training experience. If you do have a lot of training experience, in all likelihood, uh, you are someone that uh, could be considered either a beginner or an intermediate trainee. In, in terms of when, when I say that, what I'm referring to is probably you have been training in a way that supports fat loss, that supports some element of general strength, of general consistency, of, of just general muscle growth, but never to the degree that you have dedicated an expansive and extensive amount of time to to training for the sheer purpose of building lean muscle tissue in any significant kind of way. So what I'm not, who I'm not speaking to right now is bodybuilders, physique athletes, or professional athletes for that matter. However, this still does, um, it it, it still does matter. um, And it still can be, 
you know, it, it still can be important for those if there are a small percentage of listeners. So ultimately, you know, what we're talking about is, you know, the the best time of train, you know, to just to preface this whole thing is like the best time to train is the time that you can commit to, right? Uh, above all else, because there's really minimal difference at the end of the day, right? There's really minimal difference between, especially when we're talking about someone who's relatively new to training or who is, is training for the sole purpose of improving, uh, you know, lean muscle tissue or, and, or trying to reduce fat mass and, or just trying to support longevity, right? Someone who wants to have more strength and muscle mass for a longer, healthier life, right? It doesn't really matter that much at the end of the day is, is really what it comes down to. Instead, it's more about how this, you know, how it works within your schedule. What sort of consistency can you commit to? And how can you do that day in and day out? And if it's in the morning for you, great, then it should be in the morning. If it's in the evening for you, great, then it should be in the evening. Bottom line, that really is, it really is that simple. However, I do think it's important to share the science. And so let's go ahead and jump into that uh, because recent research points to the optimal time to train uh, in a way that can boost your performance, it can slightly increase your strength gains, and it, it can increase your rate of muscle growth. And so most recently, or probably the best study that there is on time of day training uh, was from a 2017 study that looked at 72 trained men. And what they did is they compared training times. They took a group of men and they uh, had them train at 8 a.m. in the morning. They took another group of men and they had them train at 6 p.m. at night. And what they found is that after 24 weeks, the evening group, okay, the, the group that trained in the evening experienced nearly a 50% greater muscle growth than the morning group which sounds on paper sounds to be pretty significant. And it certainly was significant from a research standpoint. However, when we extrapolate that into the general population, that could be the difference between one pound and two pounds of, of muscle growth, which in, in the grand scheme of things may not actually be that significant. I think that's important to take into consideration. Now, there's been a, a few other studies corroborating these results, basically suggesting that uh, the groups that train in the evening uh, also show significantly greater both strength, performance, and a fat loss to some degree. And there's a few reasons for this that are excuse me, stipulated in these research studies and that I think, you know, anecdotally that I think contribute to these outcomes. And so let me share those with you. So first and foremost is when we think about a given day, um, obviously, if you were training in the evening, there's a few things that are going to happen here. One is you're going to be more hydrated, right? So when you have more fluids in your body, when you have better cellular hydration status, you're also going to have more electrolytes uh, available at any given time. So that's things like sodium and magnesium and potassium and bicarbonate and phosphorus and these minerals that are necessary for muscle contractions. And so obviously, or theoretically, if we have more of those fluids in our system, then we can signal more muscle contractions um, at any given time, 
Now that could certainly be a contributor to why performance is increased in the evening versus the morning. Now, similar to that, or along the same vein is uh, we are going to be more well-fed, right? We will have had multiple meals throughout the day. Therefore, we'll have more nutrients, specifically more glycogen. So more sugars from our carbohydrate intake in our system and, and, simply because of that, it's offering us more fuel for the given type of exercise that we're undergoing. Now, one thing we haven't discussed is the type of exercise. And so what I'm going to kind of just generally refer to is, is just strength training. Okay. I'm not talking about specifically cardiovascular uh, exercise, like running or biking or any, a long distance, uh, performance metrics, what we're really referring to is just performance in terms of strength training, in terms of muscle building, uh, and in terms of fat loss. However, this really pertains to muscle and strength. And the third, probably the most important reason, and I would certainly support this anecdotally as well, based on research that I've done through my graduate school work, is the fact that by the end of the day, you know, what we know is that our core body temperature is the most elevated between 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. in the afternoon and in the evening. And there's a very strong correlation between an elevated core body temperature and improved performance. Very simply, right, if we are more warmed up, we are going to perform better. We're going to be able to likely lift more weight, perform more repetitions. We're going to be able to probably reduce our likelihood of injury. Um, it's going to take us less time to actually get warmed up. Whereas if we go in uh, physiologically cold, you know, we wake up and get into the gym, we haven't eaten anything, we haven't necessarily hydrated. And our, our, our core body temperature is much lower or the lowest that it's going to be at any point in the day, then it's probably going to take us a lot longer to actually get warmed up. And frankly, I don't know a lot of people that take the necessary amount of time to truly get warmed up to the point where when they go into that first working set, that they are kind of optimally warm and that, you know, they're really pushing the amount of weight at the intensity level that is necessary for them to make the you know similar types of gains if you will as if you were to go in in the afternoon i hope that makes sense uh and so just to uh, mention the graduate school work that I did, I actually wrote my thesis on the effects of dynamic warm-ups warm on sport performance. And what I found with this research was, and this was, when was this? This was, this is dating me big time, but this was 2005. And so we didn't know a whole heck of a lot about warming up at the time, but this is something that's absolutely stuck with me and all of my athletes and all of my clients, uh, you know, throughout my career is the importance of performing an appropriate warm up to activate the nervous system in order to contribute to improved sport performance, strength gains, and so on and so forth. And so if, if you guys took nothing else away from this, it would be that, and I'll, you know, cover this again, but it would be that 
regardless of the time of day that you train, it is imperative that you perform some level of both general and sort of more specific warm up to the type of exercise that you're going to do as a means to improve performance. I can guarantee that if that's in place, it's going to be a significant contributor to both injury prevention as well as performance metrics. So um, when I talk about, and, and I'll tell you what I'll do here is I'll go ahead and share a link in the show notes below of a specific dynamic warmup that I've put together that I share with my clients that's on YouTube. And I'll just share the link with you and you guys can check it out. And I would strongly advise you implementing some aspect of this dynamic warmup before any of your strength training sessions. Uh, again, as a means to both uh, passively and specifically warm up the system to the point where you are ready to rock and roll when it comes to your actual strength training. So uh, a, a few points of, of consideration here that I alluded to initially, right, is regardless of the fact that the research says it's best to train in the evening, if you only have time to train in the morning, then that's when you should train. Like it, it's a, it's just kind of a no brainer. You have to train at a time that's realistic for you. And, and so with that is what are your non-negotiables? Like what are the things that you need to prioritize on a daily basis? Because I can guarantee that all of us or, or none of us are making training our number one priority. However, we know it's terribly important if our goals are strength and health and fat loss and performance to any degree, there's so much value in retaining muscle mass as we age for so many different reasons, which I'm simply not going to get into uh, in this conversation. However, right, what are your non-negotiables? What is your work schedule like? If I have to be on the road for work or let's, no one has to be on the road for work anymore. Who are we kidding? So if I have to be in front of my computer at 5.30 or 6 a.m., well, the likelihood of me waking up to four to train for me probably isn't very realistic. For you, that may very well be the best time that you have, especially if you have kids sports in the afternoon and so on and, and so forth. Again, so it's, it's just a matter of how you're prioritizing the things in your life. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to understand what the research says, but it's a completely different thing when it comes to real world application. And so that's why really is you do it in a way that works for you. And whatever time that is, whatever way you can be consistent with, whatever your family responsibilities are, whatever your bedtime routine needs to look like, um, then that's what you should do. Now, a few things within that that I think are important to, to briefly discuss and, and that I've observed over the years that are relevant for people is understanding what type of person you are. What is your chronotype? So what I mean by chronotype is what is the time of day that you perform the best? What is the time of day that you're the most creative versus what's the time of day that you feel physically the most switched on? For me personally, uh, I'm the most creative first thing in the morning. So I get up extremely early. I focus on my creative tasks, whether that's writing or, uh, you know, creating outlines for podcasts or, um, you know, doing conversations with clients, um, doing social media posts, so on and so forth, uh, to the point where if I spend that time training, it's probably not as valuable time spent for me. Similarly is I'm also... Um, I'm also the type of person that in terms of my nervous system function is it takes me a long time 
to get warmed up for any given exercise, specifically if it's early in the day. Meaning if I have a lower body training session, it's very unlikely for me personally to want to or be able to wake up, get into the gym uh, and crush a heavy squat day. It takes me eight to 10 sets to warm up. And, you know, I've been training for years and years and years. So I know that about my body. But the point is that, again, is most people don't do their diligence to effectively warming up to the point that if you are in early, you're not necessarily a morning person. It takes you a long time to warm up, but yet you do your three to four sets and you're not actually warmed up yet. One, there's a greater likelihood of injury. Two is um, you're probably just not getting as much as you could out of the workout versus if you allow the day to go on, your nervous system slowly starts to ramp up to the point where you train after work. It may take you minimal amount of time to actually quote unquote warm up to the point where you're actually hitting higher uh, amounts of work, higher, heavier weights with less warm up time. So for someone like that, for someone like me, for someone like you, perhaps, then that just makes a lot more sense, assuming you can make it fit within your, in your schedule. If you're not a morning person, yet morning's the only time you have to train and it's a priority for you, then that's what you have to do, you know, plain and simple. And then, you know, really is, as I'm alluding to, if you don't have more than a couple years of training under your belt, I don't know how much of this stuff even really matters beyond when can, what do you like to do? When can you commit to doing it? And how are you going to commit to doing it consistently? Right? Like that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, and then, you know, similarly is if, if your goal is weight loss, as an example, and you don't already have your nutrition dialed in, well, it's asinine to rely on simply the exercise component, which I've talked about in previous episodes about, you know, the relationship between training and weight loss and nutrition and weight loss. And just, we know how much more valuable your consistent nutrition is going to be for your weight loss goals and fat loss goals versus the training element. But if you're trying to lose weight, you don't have your already have that nutrition dialed in. Well, you better be spending more time in the kitchen than in the gym and prioritizing that in order to help you reach your goals. So let's talk about Let's talk about ways to maximize your morning workouts for improved performance. So let's say you only have the morning to train, which is quite a lot of people. And a, a lot of my clients, they train first thing in the morning, regardless or, or not of whether that's ideal for them, they make it work. And so we have some strategies that we employ to help them optimize their performance at these times because that's the best time for them. So I want to share those with you. So let's go through. So first is, as I said, is, is really making sure you're performing a thorough warm-up that includes both a general or what we call kind of a passive warm-up, as well as a more specific dynamic warm-up prior to their training. And so a general warm-up is anything that's going to passively or, um, or, or kind of help bring up core body temperature. That can be just jumping on the treadmill and walking for five or 10 minutes, riding the bike, doing the elliptical. Um, 
it, it, a more passive warm up could even be like a sauna or a hot shower or something like that. But as it pertains to training, obviously a more general warm up is something that's going to just generally bring up core body temperature and warm us up. Um, so I would strongly encourage jumping on the treadmill, the bike, the elliptical, doing something that's uh, low to moderate intensity that's going to help bring up core body temperature. Now, beyond that is we want to do something that's going to help us activate our nervous system in a way that applies specifically to the exercises at hand. So if uh, let's say um, we're doing strength training, let's say we're, uh, you know, we're going to do a lower body workout uh, and we're our main exercises are going to be, uh, you know, barbell back squats and lunges and hamstring curls, as an example. Well, a specific warm up to those exercises could, in fact, be the actual exercises. So we could do a couple sets of just barbell back squats with just the bar or just body weight or a progression of body weight to just the bar to maybe throwing on 10s or 25s, depending on what your working sets are going to look like. So generally what I'll recommend is taking the first couple, three exercises of your workout and spending five to seven to 10 minutes just going through the motions of progressively increasing the weights to the point where all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but for your first working set, you're actually using the appropriate weight. What I've observed is for a lot of people that don't take the time to work up, uh, work, uh, warm up, excuse me, is, um, <laughs> you know, they'll just jump right into set number one cold and they're not warmed up until they get through their fourth set. And then all of the sudden their nervous system is primed and then they're actually ready to really throw some weights on the bar, but they've already, <laughs> they've already gone through their working sets. And so it's doing a, an injustice to their progress. It's doing an injustice to the workout. Uh, they're simply just not going to get the results that I want. And so it that really goes into kind of your commitment level to the program, understanding what's required of you and how to get the most out of a training program. Uh, and, and then doing your diligence to make sure that you understand the nuances of it so that you're actually truly warmed up for your first working set. So if you're not doing that, please start doing that. Uh, and a good start could be to follow the dynamic warm-up exercises that I put forth. Now, this is a group of exercises that I've sort of uh, adopted and tweaked over the years that I just love as a means to both get as act as a general warm-up as well as act as a more specific warm-up to do a couple different things. One is to uh, work on joint mobility and range of motion. So it's a number of different exercises that are helping take the body through different ranges of motion from our ankles to our knees, to our hips, to our low back, to our thoracic spine, our upper back, our shoulders, our wrists, um, our neck, and, and really just create more joint range of motion through different strength, uh, strength and, and, and body weight loads so that essentially you're getting everything switched on, right? Ready for work. You're getting the body ready for work. You're telling the brain that uh, where you're going to do more exercise, lift heavier loads, and I want to be physically and mentally and, and physiologically prepared for the work to come. Um, now, from a nutrition standpoint, 
I mean, this is the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. So let's talk about how to optimize your morning workouts from a, a supplement and a nutrition standpoint. Any perceived um, performance decrements that are experienced in the morning. So if you feel like you're not a morning person, you do train in the morning, but you're like, blah, I just know that I don't get as good of a workout. Well, here's what you can do. You can do caffeine. Uh, pre-workout. Now, caffeine is a very well-known, what's called an ergogenic aid. It's uh, a supplement that helps improve sport performance. It's very clear in the research and you don't need a ton of caffeine. And, and now to be clear, everyone's very different in terms of how they metabolize caffeine. You may be the type of person where, right, you have a tiny bit of caffeine and all of a sudden you're jittering and your heart's racing. Or conversely, maybe you're the type of person where you, uh, you know, can drink two cups of coffee right before bed and sleep great. You go to sleep, sleep great. And maybe you're a very fast caffeine metabolizer. It's not really the point here, but it is important to understand that genetically we're all predisposed to different levels. So if you're the type of person that thinks you can handle caffeine to some degree, well, then we know probably consuming somewhere around, mm, a cup of coffee usually is is sufficient uh, or the equivalent of a cup of coffee if you're going to have a supplement. So that's where some 75 to let's say 150 milligrams of caffeine prior to training can really act to do just that to ramp up nervous system function, get kind of the, 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 the muscles engaged, get the body engaged and ready to perform at a higher level. In addition to the caffeine intake is Depending on when you train, I've observed that a lot of people do much better when they can consume a real food meal, um, you know, an hour or two before their training. This is very, very individualized. So what you eat uh, depends completely on you. However, um, there are some sort of well-known ways to fuel yourself uh, that can be applicable. And typically what it is, is, is basically consuming food that's for you easily digestible. There's some, certainly some protein, certainly some easily digestible carbohydrate and a little bit of fat perhaps. Although we typically want to keep the fat a little bit lower in that pre-workout window, simply because it can take longer to digest. And we don't want a ton of food sitting in our system while we're training because we want, instead of the blood being surrounding our stomach, you know, working to digest those foods, we want blood flow to our extremities to be pumping nutrients through the working muscles to facilitate energy and repair, right? And so if you guys are interested in a pre-workout guide, I actually put together a free uh, peri-workout nutrition guide. So what to eat sort of before, during, after your training, I'll go ahead and uh, put that as well in the show notes for you that you can download for free. I think I called it the perfect pre-workout nutrition guide, something along those lines, but I'll go ahead and share the link. You guys can check that out and see sort of what I recommend to consume in that pre-workout window. So if you have time to eat something before you train, I found that to be a lot more valuable. I'm not personally, I'm not a huge fan of waking up, of consuming a bunch of caffeine and then training simply because of the impacts on our stress hormones and 
uh, blood sugar regulation. And many, many of us have already have poor blood sugar regulation. We already have sort of exacerbated stress hormone responses. And so waking up, fasting, if you will, training hard in a way that stimulates stress hormones, as well as stimulating stress hormones through caffeine intake, isn't in my mind, the most efficient way to approach it. I feel like to some degree, especially if we live a high stress lifestyle, it can be digging us deeper uh, in the long term. So I would strongly urge you to wake up, have some food. Uh, if you're going to have caffeine, have it then, and then have your training session to make sure you're fueling yourself after. If you don't have any other options, then it is what it is. And you figure out a way that works best for you. Plain and simple, there's tons of individual variation. Um, and so as long as you can be consistent, as long as you can focus on doing the training at the same time daily, um, then I think that's the most important thing. And to that, uh, to that point is because our body's so good at adapting to circadian rhythms, right? The natural cycle of the sun or natural sleep-wake cycles is if we can get into a rhythm of training consistently at the same times, so even if you're not quote unquote a morning person, or maybe you're not quote unquote a nighttime person, but you only have the evening to train. Well, at first you might feel like you're dragging at those times, but the more consistently you do it, the more your body's natural stress hormones will adapt to that. And so in many ways, I think that if that's something that works for you or something that you want to commit to, I would strongly encourage committing to training every single day at the same time. Now, regardless of, of how intensely you train every day is between you and your coach or you and me and or whomever is guiding you along this path, but it could very well mean, and what I have a lot of clients do is, you know, three or four days a week, they're training intensely, but the other days, maybe they're doing some low intensity steady state cardio. Maybe they're just doing the dynamic warm-up that I provide plus some gentle stretching exercises. Maybe they're just walking, but they are committed to that time slot as a means to train our, our natural circadian rhythms to adapt. So that for them, all of the sudden, whereas initially they didn't feel like the morning person that, uh, you know, they're not necessarily the morning person, very quickly after a couple of weeks, it's just uh, ingrained into their, into their system, into their natural circadian rhythms. I hope that makes sense for you. So let's talk main takeaways. Uh, and then I'll let you on with your day. First and foremost is based on the research, we know that training later in the day between three and 9 PM may be the optimal time to train for muscle growth and performance. If that fits within your schedule, if you can get over to the gym, if, if, if the gym isn't too terribly crowded during those times and it works for you, then you go for it and give it a shot. Um, we know that if you do train in the morning and you feel like your performance isn't as good as in the afternoon, well, you can adjust your nutrition, your consistency, and use the use of ergogenic aids like caffeine to help you improve your performance during those times in addition to making sure you're performing uh, a general and a specific warm up to the exercise at hand. Uh, as with everything, individual variation is the most important factor. We all respond differently to our nutrition, to our training, to our sleep. So you got to do what works for you. 
And it doesn't matter what the research says at the end of the day is you got to do what works for you. And if you are trying to commit to early morning training and it's just not happening, then move it later and figure out a way to prioritize it because adherence is the number one priority. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind. I hope this has been helpful for you uh, as to when is the best time of day to train. If you have questions, um, go ahead and shoot me an email, ben at bslnutrition.com. And if you want to talk about working together, uh, then you can just go ahead and sign up for a free nutrition strategy call with me at bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to catch up together. I hope you've learned something new. Do me a favor, go ahead and uh, pop into iTunes and give this uh, podcast a five-star review. Go ahead and share it with someone that you think could benefit and uh, leave me a positive review. Appreciate you as always, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.